together family. If we haven't met yet, my name's David. I'm the worship pastor here, and we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 10 together. Uh, we're going to be looking at something today that I think most, if not all of us, are really bad at. How's that for a positive and encouraging intro? Here we go. <laughs> yes. We're going to be looking at the, uh, the subject of waiting. And I think humans in general are bad at waiting. And I think people in our day, in our culture, we're, we don't have time to practice this. Uh, we don't often engage in, in practices that would, that would foster this kind of spiritual good for us. So like if you're going out to brunch after this service, right, uh, and the host has, sits you down at a table and you're waiting for your server to come over and say, hey, my name is this and I'm going to get you some drinks. How, about how long before you're real antsy? Five minutes? Like eight, 10, I feel like by then you're just like, do they even know we're here? You know, like, have they forgotten about us? Now, I needed to get a gas cap for my 05 Subaru Outback this weekend, and what did I do? I went on to Amazon.com. I'm sorry if you work at an auto parts dealer locally, I, I went to Amazon, that's just what I'm gonna do. And I, if something isn't gonna get to my house in like 48 hours, I'm done. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, forget it, I'll walk, I'll get a new car. Like, I'm not waiting a week for anything. And then when I order something that's gonna get to my house, guaranteed in two days, I get all these updates, right? Like, we've prepared, we got your order. We're preparing your order. We've shipped your order. It's out for delivery. And then it's, it's actually too much when you get the text that's like, we're six houses away, you know? <laughs> At that point, it's like, okay, chill. I, I, I don't think we're very... We're very good at waiting. And this is the world in which we live. And I, I don't think that's in and of itself bad. Amazon, if you're listening, we know you are. Don't take away our three-day shipping, right? But, but we get into trouble then when we take that reality and bring it into our relationship with God. Because he doesn't work that way, right? We don't have a guaranteed delivery date. We don't get a tracking number. We bring our needs to God, we present them before him, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is waiting for the Lord. And so turn there with me if you would, we'll follow along. Starting in verse one, before we do, let's pray. Lord Jesus, where else will we go today? Only you have the words of eternal life. Jesus, you came to bring abundant life. We want to walk in your abundant life. So show us the way we pray. In your sweet name we pray. Amen. We're in the last three uh, uh, chapters of this series. Uh, chapters 10, 11, and 12 actually contain a single vision. It's the last one in the book of Daniel. And chapter 10, what we're looking at today, really just deals with kind of the preliminary uh, encounter that, that Daniel has. Uh, and we're going to look at that in just a second. Picking up in verse 1, let's read through part of it together. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, reliable, trustworthy. And it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision, which is the first person in verse two. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. 
and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Daniel is mourning, which means he's fasting and he's praying and he's waiting. He's waiting on the Lord. Later on in this passage, we, under, we, we come to find a why. Daniel is seeking to humble himself before the Lord and to gain understanding for the future of his people. How is the promise of God to his people going to play itself out? How is Israel, who's, who's in the midst of this dispersion, how is God going to redeem them from that? Now, this is interesting because historically it overlaps with the book of Ezra. So at this point, actually, some of the Jews have gone back to Jerusalem. They're rebuilding uh, the temple, the tabernacle. Uh, they're putting it back together. And Daniel stays back. He's waiting. He's praying because it's unclear to him. How are the promises of God going to unfold? Day one. Day two. Day three, week one, week two, week three, he waits. No guaranteed delivery date, no stop-by-stop tracking, he waits. Verse four, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, that's really bright blue usually. His face like lightning, his eyes flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of the multitude. Daniel's response to this, imagine, this is, this is terrifying. Can you imagine you're at Chatfield or like on the Platte River and you, you, there's this image, that's, no LEDs, no electricity. Like this is the brightest, the most terrifying image. Verse nine, I heard him speaking and I listened to him. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. <laughs> He's knocked out. A hand touched me, verse 10, and set me to trembling on my hands and knees. So he, get, he's, he has enough strength to get up on all fours, okay? He's probably in his 80s by now, by the way. Now, finally, Daniel fasts, he prays, he waits, and something happens. This image of this one that is kind of unimaginable, it's hard to even speak of or, 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 or rationalize. And I think what we have here, by the way, is similar to what we have in the book of Revelation, where there's this image, there's this vision that's unfolding, and then there's this encouraging angel that's like, it's okay, hey, hey, get up, let's look at this together. Do you remember it from the book of Revelation? Like, hey, come up here, come up here. Hey, look there. Hey, don't weep, don't weep. There's one who is worthy. So what is, who or what is this image? I'm hoping by now it's become obvious that this is an, a vision, an image, an appearance of the eternal Son of God. Second person of the Trinity. And I just for a moment want us to just kind of stand in awe. Can you, can you see how a redemption is unfolding? And actually, Daniel doesn't have eyes to see it. We have a better vantage point than he did. He, he, he's just terrified. He's overwhelmed. His face hits the ground. But can we see it? Can we look back and see how Daniel is saying, Lord, how is your promise to your people going to make sense? How are you going to deliver your people from this bondage? And the Son of God shows up. We, we don't know what he says. It's too overwhelming for Daniel to remember. But I just get the sense. That it's just like, take heart. It is I. Like, I am. I'm here. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. My mind was blown as I was wrestling with this yesterday and just thinking about how this is the one who is going to make himself nothing. The greatest glory, overwhelming power, is going to humble himself and become obedient to death on a cross. This is the one that is at the center of our gathering. This is the one who is in our midst by the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this messenger that's, that's kind of encouraging Daniel throughout, uh, twice he says, don't be afraid, stand up, it's okay, peace, peace, Daniel, you're loved. Tw- three times this, this angel will reach out and touch Daniel to give him strength just to be able to receive this word. Verse 10 A hand touched me, sent me to trembling on my hands and knees. Verse 11, he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. You are coveted. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak and stand up, for now I've been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling from all fours. Now he's standing. And then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God, Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. If you're waiting on the Lord today, can you hear a word of encouragement in that? Daniel's been praying and fasting for 21 days, and this angel says, day one, God heard, and God sent me. Day one, your words were heard, and I'm here. Theologian, Old Testament scholar, Joyce Baldwin says that this phrase, I've, become, I've come because of your words, implies that this visitation would not have occurred apart from Daniel's specific prayer. The fact that God hears and God acts would not have been this novel, new, brand new idea for Daniel. I imagine for many of us in this room, the idea that God hears our prayers and God does something might, might not be brand new, but more and more, church, I'm convinced we don't need new ideas. We really need to be reminded of simple truths that we just so easily forget. God hears and God acts. Daniel would have remembered Exodus 3, Moses' encounter with this burning bush where God, through this bush, says, Moses, I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry. I know their sufferings. That's an intimate word. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. Friends, God hears and God acts. He is in the waiting. Now, if we keep reading, and I think we should, we're gonna encounter something that might mess with our theology a little bit. Daniel, I've come in response to your words, verse 13, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael... One of the chief princes came to me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. What is going on here? This word prince in this context is is used to describe powerful, angelic beings. The first of which is evil. New Testament terminology, we would call that a demon. The second, Michael, we might remember that name, an angel, a powerful, angelic being. And, and this, this message goes out. 21 days I was withheld. Daniel's praying and fasting for 21 days. So day one, this angel intends to get to Daniel, and he is opposed by a force of evil. What are we to do 
with this. The curtain is pulled back a little bit here. Isn't it kind of odd? Again, we probably know or remember from the New Testament, like the physical is not all there is. There's these spiritual angelic powers that are going on in people, in nations, in cultures, right? And we kind of see behind the curtain a little bit in this text. Now, I'm not saying that every time you pray and you don't get an answer the first day, that means that there's an angel trying to get to you and a demon is stopping them. That's happening here, and that might happen. I don't, I don't know how we would know that, but Daniel has no knowledge of this, right? He, he fasts, he prays, he waits. But I don't want us to be unaware, church, of this reality. Uh, C.S. Lewis, in the, in the preface or introduction to the screw tape letters, which is kind of his imaginative uh, kind of letters going back and forth between uh, a senior demon and a lower demon says that there's two, there's two uh, equally dangerous issues or errors that we can fall into. One is to just disbelieve in the existence of evil powers. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. So I want us to be aware, spiritual warfare is real. There are things going on. In this room, there's probably things going on right now in the spiritual realm. Seeds of unbelief being sown. Doubt being, being watered and fed. Lies are being spoken right now. This is not just hypothetical or biblical. I mean, sometimes it becomes explicit. I'm, I'm assuming many of us have experienced kind of an explicit encounter with an evil force. Don't want to fixate on this too long, but just want to say this. I think uh, Old Testament scholar John Golden Gay summarizes kind of what's going on here in a really profound and simple way. God's purposes can be opposed and delayed, but not frustrated. Amen? Amen. These spiritual forces, they are temporary, they are finite, and they will be thwarted in the end. They cannot stand against Christ and his kingdom. Verse 14, now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. My summary of the rest of this chapter is simply this angel is enabling Daniel to be able to receive the vision that we're gonna see in chapters 11 and 12. As I was praying and thinking about uh, and trying to discern, how, how, would we, how would we apply this or take this truth, the truth that's been revealed in this passage, and, and seek to live it out, walk it out? And I feel like the Lord for, uh, for, for us gave me a, a practice and then a posture. The practice is, can you guess it? Fasting. You don't want to say it, I know. <laughs> the practice is Fasting. Fasting, which is abstaining from food partially or completely. Sometimes it can be abstaining from other things, and I think we want to jump to those other things really quickly. <laughs> but biblically speaking, fasting almost always includes abstaining from all foods, sometimes food and water. Medical professionals in the room would say, don't do that for very long, <laughs> like, unless God really tells you to do that. But abstaining from food partially or completely. These are typically a personal thing, although sometimes fasts can be corporate. Yom Kippur, the day of atonement for the people of Israel, is a day where the entire community fasts, which is next week, by the way. 
I think for us in the, the Anglican context at Wellspring, we just offload this to Lent completely. Like, yeah, I don't have to worry about that until February. It's February 14th this coming year, by the way, so maybe go out on the 13th. I don't know. This is actually, biblically speaking, not a command, but an, ex- an expectation. Jesus says, when you fast to his disciples, implying that they would. This is actually an invitation. So you don't have to fast, you get to fast. Like you don't have to go to the dentist, you get to go to the dentist, right? The motivation for fasting, there's different kind of secondary motivations. We see a couple of them here in Daniel, but the primary motivation is this, deeper intimacy with God. I don't know if there's any of us in that room who wouldn't say, man, I want that. I want deeper intimacy with God. The secondary reasons, oftentimes we would engage with God in the midst of sadness, disappointment, confusion, fear, opposition. In this text, we see mourning. We see seeking the Lord for insight and revelation. Fasting accompanies or signifies waiting upon the Lord. Fasting is engaged in spiritual warfare and intercession. You remember the Jesus story in, in Mark chapter 9. There's this boy that keeps having seizures and the disciples can't do anything about it. Jesus says these kind only come out by prayer and fasting. Deeper communion with God. Tertullian, one of the fathers of our faith, writes this. In the first place, fasting is the affliction of the flesh. It makes an offering to the Lord of mourning garments and scantiness of food, content with a simple diet and the pure drink of water. This bodily patience adds grace to our prayers for good, a strength to our prayers against evil. If you've written off fasting, don't. Are you stuck in your relationship with God? Are you waiting on the Lord? Are you needing the faith to move a mountain. I want to invite you to try it. Billy preached a whole sermon on fasting last year in Lent, March, I think, 6th, 2022. You can find it in our digital places. Try it. Try a meal. Try just breakfast, you know, two meals. Move to to a maybe kind of a Jewish day, start from the sunset the night before to the sunset the following day, and then when the sun goes down, eat eat dinner with your family. I really, there's something for you here. Don't write it off. The second invitation is to this posture, and this is just, this is just simple. This is just basic in the Christian life. Basic, simple, but, but not always easy. And that is to assume a posture of faith. This passage, I hope, feeds our faith in the immediate, in the, in the short term to say he's in the waiting, that we have a testimony of that in God's word. We have testimony of that in our lives. It feeds our faith. Faith, according to the writer of the book of Hebrews, is the substance of things we hope for, evidence of things that we can't see. One theologian writes this, faith is an assertion of trust. Even when our circumstances point in a direction that seems to call into question God's goodness. Faith is vision of what cannot be seen, a knowing of something that is beyond verifiable human knowledge. It's an assent to the inner witness of the spirit 
that continues to keep a flame alive in us after all our efforts to snuff it out have failed. Faith is a spiritual gift. Faith is strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. He's in the waiting right now, in your life, in your circumstances, as you seek him, as you wait on him, he is there. He hears, he acts. This passage ends with this angel telling Daniel, first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. This prophecy that's going to unfold is not just going to be about the people of Israel who are seeking to rebuild the temple right now in Daniel's day. This is a prophecy about how God in Christ will redeem all of his people from sin, death, and hell as we wait. I want to leave you with this encouragement from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8. I, cont- I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We know that the whole creation has been growing, groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only but creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Let's pray.